Yeah, it's it's very strange. <laughs> Folks, that's how this audio industry works. You don't even know about what Patrick and I talk about when uh when the recorders aren't on. You you have no idea. It's usually Greg Schiano. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the same shit we talk about when that red light is recording. So what's up everybody? Welcome into the worst intro in the Hangout in the Holy Land podcast oh. history. There's been other ones that Maybe. are pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> top 20 most rewatchable. These are the we're gonna get into the top 20 worst Hangout in the Holy Land uh, episodes. We could probably do about 50 of those, but nonetheless, Just every episode in order. <laughs> every episode progressively gets worse and worse. Welcome into the show. Everyone, we are counting down, as we said, the top 20 most rewatchable Ohio State games in Ohio State history. And you can keep up with the list on Apple Podcasts by subscribing and also going on to Spotify. Just go to your podcast section, search Land Grant Holy Land, and everything will populate there. No need to wonder about subscribing or paying anything. You can get it on Spotify regular. It doesn't have to be on premium. Everything will pop up there in your podcast subscription, little setting, whatever it is, uh, once you just follow the show. So do that as we continue counting down the top 20 most rewatchable games in Ohio State history and get ready for the 2019 season. With that being said, Patrick, let's dive right into this and talk about game number five on our list, and that is the 59 to nothing win over Wisconsin in the 2014 Big Ten Championship. I want to start this out by asking you, is there ever a point in time in this game where you feel sorry for Wisconsin? No, not really. Um, maybe the- <laughs> Because to me, this feels like, as I was watching this, I wrote this down, this feels as close to like watching an NFL team play against a college team as I can remember. And I don't mean that Ohio State could have played with an NFL team and done any sort of damage or that Wisconsin wasn't good that year because they were. But this is what it would look like if an NFL team played a college team because this was a beatdown of epic proportions. Yeah, I, I think that the only time where I was really like, oh man, this is this is kind of a, a slaughter here was the uh the Joey Bosa touchdown really late in the first half off of the uh I think it was a strip sack. And it's just like, man, Wisconsin has nothing here and it it really is like I think that that's you know like this is an NFL team playing a college team. I think that that's a pretty good way to describe it where I mean, it was like Ohio State and Wisconsin were playing different sports. You know, Cardale Jones just completely blindsides them with, uh, I mean, he only completed 12 passes, but his ability to, to throw the ball down the field and Devin Smith's ability to make plays on those passes. You know, Ezekiel Elliott just running all over Wisconsin's defense all game long. Maybe even more impressively was Ohio State's offensive line completely manhandling Wisconsin's defense, which was kind of a, a theme of that 2014 stretch, was Ohio State's offensive line just being spectacular. I mean, maybe one of the best runs for an offensive line we've ever seen in college football uh, certainly showed up here. I think that this was really where they were most dominant was in this game. And then you've got Ohio State's defense with, like I said, Joey Bosa causing a ton of havoc in the backfield and Vaughn Bell has an interception. Duran Grant has two interceptions and I mean just Wisconsin has absolutely no chance here. Even with Melvin Gordon who was awesome in twenty fourteen and really I think certainly the biggest beatdown on our list 
I think that maybe of the games on on our list, this might be the one with the placing where there's a little bit of controversy because I, I know what number four is and I could see people wanting these two to be flipped. I won't mention what number four is yet, but I, I think that five is a really good place for this because it is such a beatdown that watching it back is really, I mean, you're you're kind of just, you're watching a team die, <laughs> essentially, which is, it's it's really fun to watch Ohio State murder Wisconsin, but um, I, I do think that, that five is kind of the place where a game like this can, can max out because, good God, it is just not... It's not competitive after like the first, no. you know, after like uh, you know Ohio State scores on the the second Devin Smith touchdown, and then there's like uh, pretty much a full game left. I mean, that was four minutes into the second quarter, and it's already twenty four nothing, and Ohio State pretty much immediately gets the ball back, and Ezekiel Elliott scores, and you're just like, oh man, this is over. <laughs> like this. Is- this game is over and there's still six minutes left in the second quarter and it's it's really 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 brutal beat down I, I think you know like I said certainly the biggest beat down on the list and good lord it it still it holds up as just an absolute slaughter in in rewatch this is one of those games where i think you watch the full broadcast once a year yeah and it's satisfying because yeah, if you watch sure. it more than that it's like eating cake every day yeah like it's good, <laughs> good but yeah. you you want to eat something else like you you need to see a more competitive game yeah, you need your vegetables too in terms of ohio state game rewatchability i could see how somebody would say this needs to be number one because almost nothing bad happens to ohio state <laughs> in this game and i would encourage people to watch the full broadcast of this game so they can get this and welcome to nap town cd i just got one thing to say cardale jones cardale <laughs> jones the whole state of ohio is counting on cardale jones that's how the broadcast starts it's and it's the most fitting way for ohio state to kick off the national championship run in retrospect a couple of episodes ago when we rewatched the national championship against Oregon, we talked about Cardale Jones and Ohio State won a national championship with Cardale Jones as its quarterback. This was the beginning because JT Barrett had get, gotten hurt the week before against Michigan. And the big thing that I remember leading into that week was there was some story about uh, Gary Anderson had said at maybe the, the media day, they asked him, hey, what what do you know about Cardale Jones? And he said something along the lines of like, I didn't really know much about him, but my son watched his recruiting tape and said he's got a big arm. And yeah, he, he showcased that <laughs> for really the, the first time. He had gotten play before, you know, in the season. I remember him coming in in the, the Illinois game and playing a little bit. But this was his first extended action. And just from the start, you can hear Gus Johnson just like baffled, like, man, this kid has a cannon. And you see it on the first touchdown throw to Devin Smith and maybe that that first touchdown it was like okay we're we're gonna be fine and if anything they added a new dimension to the offense with him and they started doing that rocker step that you saw Tim Tebow use a lot at Florida and it just took the offense to a whole other level man like you can really I I agree that you should watch the full broadcast of this if you're gonna rewatch it because like you can hear Gus Johnson kind of 
moving slowly into insanity. <laughs> Where, with, like, Every big play, he's like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, he's just, he like, when it gets to be like 31 nothing, Ohio State, he has just fully lost his mind. Because, like, you know, at that point, you had the Ezekiel Elliott 81 yard run, and you've got a, another Devin Smith touchdown reception which speaking of Devin Smith four receptions 137 yards 34.3 <laughs> average three touchdowns <laughs> insane <laughs> and it's like it's like Gus Johnson is in the Truman show where he can't tell if everyone else around him is in on the joke and he feels like you know, this is a uh, this is a hell designed uniquely for him, where every play is a big play, so he has to yell for every single play. <laughs> it's like the world around him is becoming increasingly absurd, and he is just stuck in the announcing box calling this game as you know Cardell Jones throws a, a third touchdown from forty yards out to an just a completely uncovered Devin Smith. <laughs> Gus Johnson deserves a lot of credit as somebody who was born and raised in Detroit and is a self-described lifelong Michigan fan for the way that he's just been able to really prop up some of these big Ohio State moments. And we talked about the, the blowout on the last episode, which he also did the this past year's Michigan game. And I think he's done at least like the last two or three. He keeps it pretty down the middle, at least when it comes to Ohio State and Michigan playing. And for these big moments, he kind of ratchets it up. And this Cardale story was so unique that I, I thought that this was a great way to kind of start the legend of Cardale Jones. And Gus Johnson played a big part in that in this broadcast. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that Gus Johnson certainly not the perfect broadcaster. I, I think that some people get a little bit bothered by how over the top he is at times, which I, I can kind of understand, especially if it's happening to your team. Um, and I, I didn't love him talking about you down you down 30 and, and gus johnson is screaming yeah yeah <laughs> yeah watching this game as a wisconsin fan i can imagine is not a not a delight um and i didn't i didn't love the way that he talked about urban meyer fighting through controversy in 2018 because that was not really a super appropriate way to describe that situation but i think in general gus johnson is probably one of the best announcers in college football just in terms of like his level yeah. of insanity matches college football's level of insanity in a, a pretty uh, a pretty good way, and it, it really gels well together. And this game was really, I think, the perfect Gus Johnson game in that, like I said, you just have big play after big play. I mean, Cardio Jones averaged 15 yards per completion. Um, Ezekiel Elliott averaging 11 yards a carry. Um, you've got the, the four Wisconsin turnovers. You've got... Joey Bosa making plays, you've got Michael Bennett making plays, Darren Lee's making plays, and it really is just banger after banger after banger where, you know, Cardale Jones is throwing the ball 80 yards down the field, Jalen Marshall's making a play, Devin Smith is making a play, and um, it it doesn't really slow down until, like, the fourth quarter, and even in the fourth quarter, you've got Curtis Samuel, who I, I believe was a freshman at the time he's running all over uh the the wisconsin defense and it's like jesus christ man <laughs> dude they are up 45 nothing i think at, at one point in the fourth quarter and they're in the red zone and they call a reverse pass with jalen marshall <laughs> where he throws it in the end Tom zone Berman. to cardale had some hate in his heart <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I was watching this game last night and I like, I don't even remember 
that play happening. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, they they ran a reverse pass to Cardale Jones when they were up 45 points? Like, this is the next level of Savage. But yeah, they they had a point to prove in this game. And obviously, they, <laughs> they proved it by winning by 59 points and not giving up any. Uh, we talked about Devin Smith. I don't think Ohio State's ever had a receiver that is better at tracking the ball it's all, deep I'm down the it. field. Yeah. And he did it all season. He has a really great touchdown catch against Illinois. And then the Cincinnati game, back corner of the end zone, juggles the ball, recatches it, somehow gets his foot down. So he was doing this all of 2014. But he was at his best in this game. Oh, man. he just, he had It wasn't like he was only working against the sideline or the end line of the end zone. There were Wisconsin defenders on all three of the touchdowns that are right there and draped all over him. And he just goes and snags the ball. And we see that in the Alabama game too. But he was something special. And and I don't think it's talked about enough that Devin Smith is second in Ohio State history in receiving touchdowns. (laughs) Only David Boston is ahead of him. Like he's ahead of Joey Galloway, Michael Jenkins, Terry Glenn, every other, Paul Warfield, all these other great receivers, Santonio Holmes, Ted Ginn, every single one of them. He's ahead of them, and that's that's Devin Smith, and I know he's been injured in the NFL, but Devin Smith is a low-key all-time great for Ohio State. Yeah, Devin Smith on the, the 2014 season, 33 receptions for 931 yards. That's an average of 28.2 <laughs> and 12 touchdowns. Looking through, never these, lost a game when he scored a touchdown. We got to say that, or else yeah. somebody will tweet tweeted Urban us Meyer because that was <laughs> that was the stat. Hey, he'll podcast about it. I, yeah, have he you heard will. that? That Urban Meyer. Yeah, he's he's coming. They're coming after for us, us he's Patrick. For the crowd. They are coming for us. Yeah, um, Devin Smith really during this whole 2014 run. He certainly, I mean, during the Michigan State game and through that whole season, as you mentioned. But um, this whole three game run where big touchdown like this against Alabama too and he was pretty quiet against Oregon but he does have a big catch there um it almost makes me wonder like if he had been in Ohio State in in 2015 which obviously he had you know used up all of his eligibility at that point but if he you know comes to Ohio State a year later and he's on that 2015 team I really do wonder how things would be different and if uh that's the thing that like even without a, a good offensive coordinator, Cardell Jones having Devin Smith changes that offense because, like, I think that, you know, he, he doesn't get talked about enough for how crucial he was to this 2014 run where Cardale wasn't a particularly accurate deep ball thrower. Um, the ball usually got roughly in the area that it needed to be in, but Devin Smith was essentially the only one who could go get those passes. And uh, we saw in 2015 that those deep balls just didn't really work with guys like Braxton Miller and Michael Thomas and Jalen Marshall, regardless of how good they were. And they were all you know good receivers in their own right, especially Michael Thomas. But Devin Smith's ability to track the ball, I really do think kind of made Cardale the deep ball passer that he was and added a a complete different dimension to that Ohio State offense that, um, you know, Smith along with Ezekiel Elliott along with that offensive line really did kind of define that that 2014 championship run for Ohio State. Yeah, it gave them options to do basically anything. We knew what they would do on the ground. They were efficient. They were explosive. They had an efficient passing game. Thomas, Vanette, Hireman, they, you know, they had those short option routes available to them but then smith gave them something that they could go to 40 or 50 yards down the field and with cardell's arm he could get it to him 
And when you're a defense and have to defend against all of that, there's not really anything you can key on. So losing that ability to throw the ball down the field definitely hurt them in 2015. Wisconsin for the game has 258 total yards, which you know isn't horrible. isn't horrible. We've seen less than that. Ohio State, in comparison, had 233 touchdown yards. I don't know if it's a record, but just on touchdowns alone, Ohio State racked up 233 yards, a lot of that due to Devin Smith, but that that's insane, plus that 80-yard Ezekiel Elliott run. Yeah, I, I don't remember off of the top of my head the exact um, the exact number, but even with those, those Wisconsin yards, if I remember correctly, they like very, very rarely got past the 50-yard line. Um, usually those yards were pretty much useless, you know, where they, they would get the ball and then they would move the ball 20, 30 yards, but they would still be on their own side of the field and then they would have to punt or there would be a turnover. I know that the, um, the one in the first half where they get down to like the Ohio State 40 and then there's the Von Bell interception and then at the end oh, of the half what a play at the end of the half they get down to like the Ohio State 40ish again and they just you know there's no time left and the half ends um it really was like that all game long for Wisconsin where like they could get pretty far into Ohio State territory a couple times they didn't do it very frequently and then every time they did you know third quarter they get down to the ohio state 33 and they have the the uh the turnover on downs and it was like anytime wisconsin showed any kind of a fight it was either a turnover on downs or von bell just snatching the ball out of the air and it's like well okay i guess the, i guess we aren't going to score this time because ohio state decided that our drive is over and that's kind of it <laughs> Wisconsin averaged 3.23 yards per play for the game. So, yeah, they weren't doing much. And Melvin Gordon was a monster that season. At the start of the game, he was already going to be in New York, and they're, they're talking about him being in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Melvin Gordon rushed for 2,500 yards that season and 29 touchdowns. I think that was only the second time all year somebody had held him under 100. It was, yeah, it was... Ohio State, 26 carries, 76 yards, and Western Illinois, 17 carries, 38 yards. Melvin Gordon was a beast that year, and he has like a 10-yard run in this game, maybe another 12-yard run. But outside of that, he didn't do much, and that brings me to one of my favorite low-key parts of this game, and that is the defensive line, because they completely own this game. And in particular, this is the Michael Bennett game. Yeah, He, in the middle he just caused havoc. And Michael Bennett isn't a guy that we spent a ton of time talking about, but this game and this run in particular, he was such an important piece for them. He forces a fumble. He's blown up play after play. Him and Adolphus Washington just caved in the interior of the Wisconsin offensive line to the point where like Rashad Frazier was making plays. And I don't ever remember Rashad Frazier playing in any other game, but this one, but even he was out there like just roasting wisconsin tackles yeah yeah for sure it was it was really um we talked about in i think it was the oregon episode too where like michael bennett was really really good at ohio state even if he didn't do a ton in the nfl and um this was another one where just you know melvin gordon really never could get going because of guys like michael bennett and, and joey bosa certainly had an impact as well and like i mentioned darren lee and um you've just got all of these you know absolutely nfl level defenders raekwon mcmillan is another one who had a really good game and um 
yeah, Wisconsin's offense never really able to put anything substantial together because it always just ended in a turnover on downs or, or an interception or um, whatever Joel Stave decided he wanted to do on that particular drive that was going to be more batshit than whatever he did on the last drive. But um, I, I think that, that you, 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 know, you started the episode asking if there was ever a point where I felt bad for Wisconsin. I think I felt bad for Melvin Gordon because he was really, really good that year. And I think that he was trying. Yeah, he, he did. He did his best. He was. And I think this really kind of hurt the way that people looked at at him after that season, and um, I, that is not deserved because he was awesome in 2014, and um, kind of a rough way. He for, ran for 400 yards on Nebraska. Yeah, <laughs> and that that was also like this was kind of like the snake bitten year for Melvin Gordon because he runs for it was like a record at the time, wasn't it? It was like a single game record, and then like the next week, Samaj P. Ryan breaks it. <laughs> Check out this three-week line for Melvin Gordon that season. November 8th at Purdue, 25 carries, 205 yards, one touchdown. Okay, that's pretty good. Purdue's bad, but you'll you'll take that. Uh, next week against Nebraska, 25 carries, 408 yards, four touchdowns. You can't even really do that in NCAA. Like, that's hard. And then the week after that, 31 carries, 200 yards, two touchdowns at Iowa, and then uh, the week after that, a lowly 29 carries for 151 yards and one touchdown. 8.8-yard average during that four-game stretch. Almost 1,000 yards on 110 carries. 16 (laughs) yards per carry against Nebraska on 25 carries. That's pretty good. Like uh, college football vapors. (laughs) Yeah. So during the season, he also had another stretch like that. Uh, The Bowling Green game, 253 yards on 13 carries. (laughs) South Florida, 181 on 32. Northwestern, 259 on 27. For an average over those three games of 9.6. He was really, really good. And Ohio State absolutely made him look pedestrian. And that's the only thing about this game that bums me out. (laughs) My favorite part of this broadcast is they're coming back from halftime. And Gus Johnson turns to Charles Davis and he's like, CD, uh, what, if you were Gary Anderson, what do you, what did you say to your players in the locker room? How do you approach this? And Charles Davis is like, well, in this situation, you can't really burn it down. You got to kind of just tell guys that you love them and you tell them that you care <laughs> and whatever sorry. happens in the second <laughs> half, you're proud of them. And I was like, man, when you're getting your ass whooped that bad that you got to tell your guys you love them at halftime, that just goes to show how bad this one was. Yeah, it's time for me to apologize to my players here at halftime <laughs> and then immediately take the Oregon State job. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more. We talked about it at the start. Uh, this this game is probably the most gluttonous on the list. Maybe yeah. that in the the sixty three to fourteen Penn State game, but even they score some points and like Allen Robinson does something kind of cool. Like you, you have some plays for them, but in this one, there's there's just nothing to point to for Wisconsin because when a, when they don't have the ball, Ohio State's doing anything they want. Cardell's throwing the ball deep. I think he only completes like 12 passes in this game. Like it's not even, yeah. it wasn't yeah, even the volume of, of Ohio State's passing game. Either he's completing deep passes. Devin Smith is making these contested video game catches on defensive backs. Ezekiel Elliott isn't being touched 15 yards down the field. There's a throw to Michael Thomas on a third down. I think it's in the first half where he catches the ball five yards short of the first down line 
and jukes like six guys, breaks a tackle, spins out of another one. And that's the realization for me where I was like, this is an NFL team playing against a college team. And then on defense, they couldn't do any, or Wisconsin's offense couldn't do anything. So there's really like nothing to point to where you're like, this, this is not a game. It's just one big helping of cake. That's what that's what you're doing when you're watching this game. You're just eating cake for two hours. Yeah, Wisconsin puncher Drew Meyer had a pretty good game, so I guess that's kind of the thing they can do. <laughs> Cam Johnston was better. <laughs> just just looking at they the couldn't numbers, even out punt. Yeah, Cam Johnston also not to not to lean too hard into our brand of loving punters, but four punts, two hundred and twelve yards. That's their fifty three yard average. That's uh that's pretty good. Everything for Ohio State in this game was pretty good. <laughs> So even even punting wise, Ohio State outpaces Wisconsin in this game. There really isn't anything else to say than just like uh, for the obvious, just go watch this game because it's there's there's nothing else like it on this list. There's other blowouts. We're going to talk about other great games, but I think this one is unique in the sense that Ohio State everything goes right for them and nothing goes right for Wisconsin and I think you know, you go back and watch the uh, the first touchdown to Devin Smith, something I, that always will stick with me. And when I kind of felt watching this live, like, okay, they're going to be fine with Cardale. They might kill these dudes. That first touchdown, Jalen Marshall runs down the field, and Devin Smith is just standing stationary, and he doesn't even see him come up behind him, but Jalen Marshall just runs up and leapfrogs him. And it's like, okay, these, these guys are ready to play. Like, they are ready to go. There is no lull after JT's injury, which really could have brought the team down. Yeah, for But sure. they come out just swinging from the gate, and I think that goes to show the mindset that this team had that, you know, nothing was going to stop them. And we talked about that in the Oregon game, even the turnovers. They weren't going to get in their own way, and they tried to in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, but even that, you know, it just felt like this team was so focused on dominating that that's what they did. Yeah, for sure. Watch this game here. Eat your cake. You you've earned it. Um, I, I think that that's really a a good place to end this one on. It it really is. You know, probably like you said, the most gluttonous game on our list. But you got to have it sometimes. And um, man, they really really just just crushed on. <laughs> the most gluttonous game for the most gluttonous Ohio State podcast. That, uh, that there is out there. So check out this game, watch it, and check out all the other games on our list. You can go back through the archives, check out games 20 through 6 as we continue counting down our top 20 most rewatchable Ohio State games of all time. On the next episode, we are going to talk about game number four. That's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely one of our favorites and probably, for sure, one of your favorites as well. So stick around for that follow the podcast on apple podcasts and spotify just go to your podcast section search land grant holy land and find that there that'll wrap up today's episode we want to thank you guys for listening so for patrick mayhorn i'm colton denning this has been the hangout in the holy land and go bucks <laughs>